Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step Happy birthday, Tom. Yeah, happy birthday, you zippity doodah fuck. <laughs> Thank you. It's Appreciate a, uh, it. It's a second Thank mouse birthday today. Yay. How old Cigarettes. Are you? 45, 46? 17. 17. Did did you get the bag of dicks I sent in the mail? Put it in the neighbor's bo- mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I pulled them out and I was like, you know. That's why he was smiling, winking at you this morning. As huh? much as I love this giant bag of dicks that have been mailed to my house anonymously, I feel that I need to provide something to the world. So I'm going to just put this in my neighbor's mailbox, along with all these fire ants that I found. Oh, that was from me. Oh, good. <laughs> fire ants. Is that like the uh, North Carolina like state animal? No, it's racism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that that was an animal. I thought that was their spirit animal. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's like a coyote. It's a mix between a coyote and a wolf. It's a, it's a racism. Well, I mean. That tracks. You know, yeah. you are now yeah. fully ingrained in North Carolina because we're of North Carolina pilled. Some like nerdy Republican candidate is trying to follow us on Instagram at Second Mouse Podcast. Apparently, and I can say this, big fan of the pod. Apparently, because really? he's following us. Yeah, he has no clue what we talk about. I, he clearly did not at, listen to us at all. Because no, no, he just heard North Carolina. <laughs> And it was the first time anyone's ever mentioned North Carolina. He was like, oh, maybe I can, oh, invite him on if he wants to, if he wants to come on. I'd love for him to come on because I will just harass him mercilessly. The, the thing is, though, is that we don't invite on North Carolina statewide receivers. We only do that for Wait, UNC this wide Chapel. receiver? Yeah, so Bo Hines. you said state is, senator. Wait, did, <laughs> he play, did he play with Russ? Did he play That's with Russ fun. there? I don't he know. Sound, he's, he he's sounds young. He sounds familiar. Oh, he's he's very young. We should definitely have we should definitely have him on. Yeah, but we only invite on Chapel Hill wide receivers, though. Yeah, uh, it's the, it's definitely the less superior North Carolina team. Uh, Fucking Wolf Pack, Mew nerds starting a war with the Wolf Pack. Day, there's enough wars going on. Thank you. Second Mouse War. It's gonna be a shadow war. It's gonna be like a CIA war. It's not gonna be like a it's gonna, boots it's gonna on be the a psyop. It's gotta yeah. be a psyop. You know. Yeah. Aren't those so, the people that created cryptocurrency? It's yeah. all gonna be like false flag operations and you know government takedowns. Speaking of cryptocurrency, are you guys witnessing? Are you guys enjoying the free fall of death from cryptocurrency? Luna fail. Luna fail. I don't you love when like a pyramid scheme just comes tumbling down. So. Did you guys see that thing that I had mentioned about like the whole BlackRock 
um, you propped did. it up and then split and diverged the currency or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was like a total money play there. Um, and El I, Salvador took it in the mouth. Yes. So <laughs> El Salvador, really, Jesus, dude. Fuck. Dude, this dude, did you see, like, a lot of these crypto guys, their Twitter profiles, they'll have the red eyes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's it's basically showing that they're fully pilled on crypto. He removed the picture with the red eyes and put it back to the normal one. Oh, Jesus. So, I mean, they lost, I think they lost, like, 35 per- yeah 35 percent of their like national <laughs> budget they literally crippled their economy it's so fucking funny man it really is i, I mean, and you know what it's not funny at the same time it's really it's terrible har- it's it has consequences on right the people those poor those poor people of el salvador are literally going to feel the pain of this he won't feel yeah, the pain of it because there's because there's plenty of people there that like probably oppose the idea yeah oh, i course. would say a significant portion of yeah people we're like this and is they were, not they were going sold, to end right. They were uh, probably going to end poorly. Yeah, they were probably sold on the idea that this is going to be the next wave, and they're going to be the you know the city of the future and all that. And you know, obviously, this is this is the consequences of all these things, and it's not their fault. But like, they're going to have to pay for it, unfortunately. So <clears throat> he's uh he's in trouble because I mean. I'm Bitcoin has lost half of its value over the last year. And I mean, that's probably the most stable of the coins. Yeah. And like, it just goes to show how unstable even that one is. So I, again, I've, I've been kind of a hater for NFTs and crypto for a long time. Cause I just think it's dumb, but like, this is the sad part that it has real life consequences. People are going to feel pain from this. I mean, it's a, it's, it's been something that has had a lot of impact and negative impact on society for a while because it was used as a way of laundering money. It's been used as a way of obtaining illegal um, goods, whether that be, you know, weapons, drugs, prostitution, it just, um, or sex trafficking rather kind of like a long time coming, I think for this currency, or at least, the if there is going if it's still going to stick around a serious market correction for sure yeah i mean how do you base your government's economy on something that is not backed by anything and you have no idea who actually owns like the net code to bitcoin or any kind of cryptocurrency and i feel like that's always been the question that I've had and the, some of the skeptics have had about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and things like that. And no one's been able to, able to respond to it effectively. All it is is, hey, man, it's going to the moon. Get in now. Like I feel like everybody who's already gotten in had an in. And now it's everyone's just fighting over like Apple shares where they're trading at like $130 a piece. Like you're yeah. not going to make any money now. And how, how many of these guys are, are ever willing to give you information that's going to make you rich, right? Like, Never. So it's clearly that they're trying to pump the numbers as much as they can, and then all of the guys that are in on it will eventually just dump it when it hits a certain number, and you're left holding the bag. Pump and dump. Yep. Sounds it's, like what somebody's trying to do with Twitter. It's really no different than what Jordan Belfort did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've been – Gato, did I not tell you? Did I not say it? Like he's going, he's not buying Twitter. It's not happening. So I was hanging out around a keg yesterday um, with some of my second co- cousins. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're, they're actually a pretty cool bunch of uh, characters. 
and um, the, the my one uh, my one cousin there, uh, Vincenzo. Vincenzo. He made hey. a he made a good point about um, Twitter, and that it's almost impossible to actually determine how many people are on Twitter because of the bots. Right. And so I think Elon got a peek behind the hood and he realized how many bots are actually propping up the numbers and how much of that is actually impacting. Like, you got to think about it to become an influencer on Twitter. You have to have a certain amount of views. You have to have a certain amount of followers. Then they start paying you. Right. Well, if all of those people are fucking fake, they're bots. You're basically throwing money at something that doesn't really exist. And so I could imagine that this guy who was really vibing with himself and, and had a lot of big dick energy that day decided when he actually saw what was going on behind the hood, Musk was like, no, never mind. Fuck. Okay. Never mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you slightly. And okay. good. The reason why is because I I told you this when we were on our way to North Carolina that I thought he was trying he bought Twitter stock right and he's trying to because I think he thought Tesla was overvalued when you're seeing Tesla stock fall so he moved that money over to Twitter and he's basically trying to prop Twitter yeah. up sell high get rid of it and then buy Tesla back at a cheap rate right that's my yeah. conspiracy he's, theory cuz he's not he's not really liquid he doesn't have any cash exactly on hand. right so what he does is he moves the value of his stock back right. and forth and then he's going to buy Tesla stock that. back cheap yeah, and shit yeah we've covered that so um, i i think he already knew that because like there's no way he didn't know that already right that there's like a lot of bots on twitter you, all you have to do is go on twitter for a little bit and you know there's a lot of bots there so I don't think that's I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. I think this is his I think he was trying to find a way out of this. And his excuse for getting out of buying Twitter is that there's bots. It's like, no shit, bro. You've been on Twitter for like you're 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 terminally online. Yeah. Like, I mean, he he How no he one do is anything else. No one is more online than the fucking what second richest man of fucking all time. He can't get off of Twitter. Uh, to yeah. save his life and like you're not gonna t- you're not gonna convince me that he's just finding out now like, oh my god there's a lot of bots on twitter like no this is his sad excuse of like i'm i need to, i needed to get out of this deal and this is the way i'm gonna do it so how long do you think this charade keeps going on for do you give it like another month before he's like yeah he goes on a twitter and says there's too much going on therefore I'm there, not there, going to there's going to be a day. There's going to be yeah. a day where you're just sitting around and someone's just going to be like, remember that time Elon Musk tried to buy yeah. Twitter? And yep. that's how you're going to – that's when you're going to know it's officially over. You won't hear that the deal is off. It'll just never happen, and people will go about – I think it's too big now. Lives. I think it's too big now. I think nah, he's going to – People are talking about it less. Like a lot of other things have happened recently, which I'm sure we'll be talking about today on oh, this episode. Sure. <laughs> um, but – I, I think it'll just like fade slowly into the background. You'll hear less and less about it over time. He he does kind of disappear. He does a disappearing act from time to time on. He's like Kanye. Yeah, like he'll he, he starts saying like irrelevant shit, and he'll he'll just move whatever it is to something else and get people all riled up about that. He's the world's biggest cheerleader, you know. 
Yeah, I, I just never, I never bought the idea that he was actually going to buy Twitter. It just always seemed like, because again, at the same time, like, I don't think he's going to be able to do the things that he was going to do or trying to do anyway. So it just, it just seemed like a just, and I mean, like, but it's just so funny, though, because like, there was a discussion a couple years ago with, uh, like, with Bernie Sanders was running. And the idea that with, with a luck, with a tax on the rich, um, there was a discussion about the fact that like, oh, most of these guys aren't liquid, right? They're, they're, a lot of their wealth comes from like properties and, you know, businesses and you can't just sell off stuff like that. And that was the, the line that they were constantly using um, that like, oh, what, like what, what are you at the end of the year? He would have to like sell off stock. Like you want to make him do that? And yes. then you see Jeff uh-huh. Bezos liquidated Amazon stock to buy the biggest property in California. He apparently has no problem liquidating stock to buy t- Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, I have no problem with uh, them having to liquidate shit to, <laughs> to make some money out. So, well, I mean, all these companies that have like overinflated stock prices anyway, which is most of the market, which is most of the market. Like if all these folks had to, you know, sell off stocks to pay taxes, that's. Like the market will eventually correct itself or it'll be like every economist has ever said and like, oh, don't mess with the market because it will fall apart because it's this fucking fragile thing that can never be touched. But, you know, it can only consume. It can never provide. Yep. The market is one of the weirdest things I think we've ever done that we'll look back later on and be like, this was a failure (laughs) we didn't do this right we didn't we we didn't set it up properly i think that there's a few things you could do to the stock market that might make it a little bit more stable um but they're not willing to do it because they're greedy they they much prefer the risk and gamble in the opportunity to make tons of money than to have something that's sure and growing because the reality is like if they don't do something about it at a certain point, it's going to be like climate, right? Where we're just going to hit that p- point of no return and we can't come back. And when we do crash, we go straight to zero where there won't be to do something about it. You know, like, do you guys have any recommendations on how to fix the stock market? I don't, I don't have a recommendation to fix a stock market because I think the stock market, I think it's like, I think it's really like a dumb concept, but I, I think if we could fix something in a certain way, I think we need to make it less profitable. So you remember when we had like milk shortage, like a while back or whatever it was, it was, it was like well, too much we had milk. formula shortage now. Right, right, right. Well, and, and there was an article by the way that came out that said the formula shortage may not be good for people, but it's good for the market. And it's like, wow. we've gone, Fuck we've gosh. gone to, so it That's is an asshole. based upon our current structure, it is more profitable to burn food or to like when we had that milk thing go on and they were pouring it down the drain, it's more profitable to either burn or throw out food than it is to give to people. Supply and demand. Right. That's all it is. That's that's what it is. Because like, yeah, if I give you milk for free, then well, you don't need to go buy it. Then it's gonna the bad milk's gonna go bad. So that is the the core thing that I think we need to get past is like think, having profit to profit motive on everything. Like, I mean, like we've decided as a society, right, that police and fire department, they don't make money. 
well, maybe the police do, but um, they don't make money. <laughs> they don't make money as an organization, but we're okay with that. Kind of like the post office. We talked about this the other mm-hmm. week. Healthcare and food are things that like we still look at from a profit standpoint. Utilities and, as well. Utilities. Perfect Resources. Example. Yeah. Homes. Property. You know, we, we think about those things that, and I, I know it's sounding kind of socialist, but like, yeah, it's the end of the day. If we're, if we really want, if the, if the mindset is to make sure that we are the greatest country and to make sure that we are taking care of the people in this country, then yeah, our, mo- our motives have to change. And that's just my thought. Here's the thing is that I think a lot of the stock market is now focused directly on how other companies can manipulate prices of other companies. And also Mm. hedge funds as well, where they are essentially gambling on which companies will be successful and which ones will not. And there's a lot of money to be made in wealth management companies because they just they dump your money into certain categories and criteria and they just go and spend that as much as they could against the stock or against a company to try to short it and buy it. And honestly, a lot of that stuff I mean, you you saw it specifically with um, hedge funds and stocks are two different things, but all the same, like you saw that with GameStop where all these major investors are trying to short GameStop stock and they would have gotten away with it had um, nostalgic millennials not essentially stopped it. But the problem was, though, is that also created another issue where all of the sharks got in early and made a ton of money off of it. The average Joes who caught the article like three days late tried to buy in, bought stock that was probably way too high, and then all the sharks started selling early, and then all these other people got stuck holding this game stock, GameStop stock that was essentially bloated, and they had missed the mark completely because they're not professional day traders, and they don't cover this stuff as much as yeah. other people. And, and they don't know when to leave. And... Well, like I was having an argument with a friend of mine about this a couple of years ago. I'm like, this didn't actually do anything. GameStop was going to end anyway. You all just like cannibalized this company to make some money for yourselves in the name of like good spirited Americanism. And it's like, you actually didn't do anything good. You just fucked over this company. It's, re- it's replaced oh. a lot. It's replaced a lottery ticket essentially. Right. Well- I mean, what it did highlight, one of the great things it did highlight was there's a very bad practice in the stock market of shorting a company, which is basically trying to doom it or you're condemning it to die because you know or you're planning on seeing it take a dump, take a crash, and you're basically trying to harvest um, value out of that tragedy for a company, which these companies again have real life implications for people that work for them. Um, they have implications like for instance, with, with a, a stock like GameStop, you know, these are, this is a company that's in lots of strip malls, something that's already dying. Mm-hmm. So we have now more of an issue with real estate. So what I, what I loved was that there was like a, a, a grassroots attempt at least to, punish people for shorting a stock and i think it it 
brings up, though, the fact that one of the big things we need to get rid of, if we believe in the economy growing and we want to see the economy grow overall, we need to get rid of the ability to short a stock. That's something that has to go. The other thing I would say, I think that there should be a way in which stocks are split with rules and you can get a discount on a stock should you be long term on it. You can have a short short term buy stock and a long term buy stock. And this then allows companies to look at a new number about marketplace sentiment, essentially, and then they can make decisions that will benefit the stockholders themselves because of how they feel about the company. So if somewhere like 60% of your, your stocks are in long, long term, they're in long hold, and it's well known for that reason. Now a company says, well, let's see where we can invest and how we should invest for the long term to make those, those stockholders happy. I, I see those two simple things, getting rid of shorts and making that, that designation of your shares um, like critical to changing the longevity. Also, I'm a fan of ESG uh, stocks. Now, you know, everyone who's who wants us to defend like capitalism as it is, like if there's not a system there later for you, like what what are we here defending? Like we have to think about it long term is as something that we expect to be there in the future. You know, I agree. It, it like again like too too often right with the stock market i think we look at scenarios in which these comp- these people are just trying to make a quick buck and it's like there's no real like long sustainable relationship with a company essentially that like you can see like yeah shorting stocks it's it's to the point where you know you can you can see that they're almost trying to like destroy it and uh i just think we have our priorities wrong i mean we're we're shorting a com- uh, a country right now <laughs> you know what I mean? We're seeing yeah. the effects of what that's doing. But um, I mean, the other thing too is that you look at how we perceive the stock market as a judgment of how the United States economy is doing, when in reality, those two things are really not the same. And we confuse the two all of the time. We we grow we group GDP um, and GNP with the stock market and the New York Stock Exchange and say like, oh no, the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones Industrial Average are down 700 points. Like America's economy's in the tank. It's like those two things are very different. Mm-hmm. And even during the pandemic, things were going very well on the stock market, regardless of whether people were working or not. This, it just operates on its own and functions on its own. And it doesn't really matter how, like, if there's, you know, 19% unemployment in the United States, as long as Microsoft stock keeps going up, no one gives a shit. Well, it's also about, like, it's, I think a lot of that is targeted towards people who have 401ks, which is only mm-hmm. 40, 41% of, like, the workforce. And it's trying to attract those people of like, see, the stock market's doing well. Your 401k's up, you know, your annuities are up and all that. And, you know, ultimately it's not thinking about the people on the bottom who don't have a 401k. And, you know, the stock market going up or down doesn't really mean shit to them. Wages haven't gone up. So I I think that's, that's really what it is because that's what Trump used to just like constantly talk about. It's never been higher. Totally cool. Totally legal. Um, 
And now, you know, it ultimately doesn't show that people were really struggling and it didn't really change anything for them. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to um, invest and plan financially for your future. This is one of the other dumb things that we fucking do here in America is like you have a boatload of debt, but you're like investing your money in 401ks instead of just paying down your debt. Like it's money out the door and that compounds and just doesn't go away till you pay off your debt so that's the first thing one of the first things that we, we need to do is leverage which is something this is the student loan forgiveness fucking debate right that's kind of what we're actually talking about is the issue with debt hurtling people in yeah and you talk about like with student loans i mean think about how like buying buying homes you know being able to move out like i mean these are some yeah. of the things that are holding people back I mean, I don't know how you guys, I don't know how much you guys spend a month, but like, it's, if I had that extra money, like it would be a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, it's, they've basically made it impossible for anybody who is our age and living by themselves and not like making $200,000 a year. They've basically made it impossible to buy a home in a desirable area. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was out yesterday with my wife and my wife, my wife. We were in downtown Charlotte. Actually, we were in South end and we saw like a lot of like young people living down there. And she asked me like, how do people live down here at that age? I was like, cause they probably all live together and mm-hmm. they probably all live in like four or five people per apartment. And you know, you can take that 19 or $2,000 a month and split it between four people it makes sense. If you live by yourself, that shit ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you say that, you mentioned that, and I saw, I think we've even talked about it here on the show. There's local and state laws now that are restricting the number of non-related peoples that can uh, occupy a rental um, in certain areas because that's what's yeah. becoming the thing, yep. which is also, it's, it's basically forcing, you know, only really wealthy people to be in an area and and anybody else that's trying to make it more manageable for themselves you're you have to go elsewhere you know that's yeah. how you that's how you know this shit is rigged because like they're they're purposely like no one no like you know wages haven't gone up and, and now they're trying to restrict on how many people can live in one place yeah. it's, it's insane yeah that was i think that was like in kansas city or missouri or something like that i think i think in i'm not sure i think it was minnesota also had it or some other state had it too so yeah i could see which is which is which is weird because you would think that all of these cities they would want young people to live in there and they want they do want young people they just want rich young people yeah yeah but unfortunately they're harder and harder to find because there's fewer and fewer opportunities for people to make that kind of money early because it's expensive everywhere to live now that's in a city. And I mean, it always has been, let's not, let's not like lie to ourselves, but it's always been expensive to live in a city. The problem is now is it's you're saddling people with more debt before they leave college. And now once they get out of college, they have to pay five or $600 on their student loans so there's $600 they don't have, and yep. it's expensive to buy groceries on your own. And if you have a car, there's another, you know, three or 400 bucks right there. And before you know it, people are barely breaking even. So they have to live with each other. Um, and it's, it's just very interesting how we've chosen to 
it's very interesting how we've chosen to create like enjoyable cities to live in where we basically just sold huge chunks of it to large property groups and they say like you know deal with it so and and that's the funny thing is that you know i think people are looking for cheaper places to live they're looking for a better economic situation in price of living cost of living and so what do you see a lot of people leaving some of the coastal um coastal cities Mm -hmm. and they're moving down south and it's kind of interesting because like you see places like florida and and texas right now um and alabama and louisiana as well that it's like as as more people are moving to these areas like the laws in these areas seem to be trying to keep a lot of people out mm-hmm. um or stop the people from coming in wedge issue laws um specifically social issues to keep people out but and- even those even those cities that are trying to attract people are insanely expensive like if you yes. look at the yeah. If you look at the top like 20 fastest growing cities in the US, they are very exciting places to live, but they're also stupid expensive too. Like everybody, I feel like once we graduated college, Gato, everybody moved to New York City immediately. New York City that or Astoria. Yeah, yeah. Now everybody's like, well, we have to move to Denver or we have to move to Colorado. The thing is, Denver is also incredibly expensive to live in too. And Colorado is also very expensive to live in. I I would actually say it's probably significantly harder because of the transport issue being mm-hmm. oh for sure being stuck there in the mountains. It's very like water sh- shortages. That, that's an issue there. I think that's why also people have now flocked down to like um, Austin, right? But even there, it's insanely expensive too. Yeah. Like it's it's just as expensive. I mean, we have we have friends that live in Austin, and they have a they own a home down there, and it the the price that they paid was just wild for like a tenth of an acre of land and a house that's a little bit smaller than ours, like, but it's in Austin, Texas, and that's you know stay weird, Austin, like yeah, stay expensive too, Jesus, yeah. Guys, I just wanted to announce that I actually got I got a job at Infowars, and I'll be moving to Austin, Texas. So I'm really proud of you. Are you, you not going to be in the same state as um, Elon Musk or is it Ben Shapiro? <laughs> no, but Ben Shapiro, I think, is in Kansas. Uh, no, Nashville. He's in Nashville. That seems like a place with facts and logic. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. place just got a lot lamer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, but I, I think it's true of like anywhere you go at this point, any city is going to be expensive. It doesn't really matter where like i mean the main capital city of really any places at this point has become almost at the price of like an apartment on long island which is fucking astronomical yeah how much is it to buy a apartment or to rent an apartment on long island right now like a good like are you talking about like a one bedroom two yeah that's that's a critical piece if it's a one if you're talking about a bare bones one bedroom like 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 somewhat medium size, probably mm-hmm. at minimum fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. I would have actually okay. said twenty or twenty-four. Well, I'm talking about like a depending I'm on about, location. Well, that's also going to play into it, right? So if you're talking about like in an okay area, and if you're talking about a like I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about like a one bedroom, like maybe okay living room, small kitchen, like not no, somewhere you would. And love I'm, to I'm definitely saying like twenty-four. 
looking at the prices mm-hmm. I've seen. What location are we talking about, though? If you want to live in like downtown Patchogue. Oh, yeah. 2500 2600 a month. Easy. Yeah, easily. If you want to live near Main Street in Patchogue, I would say at your pay, expect to pay at least 2500 a month. Okay. Yeah. That sucks. And that's like the price. You might as well just buy a fucking house. That's the funny thing. It's like if you have the down payment, it's worth it because at that point, you're paying yourself instead of paying your own property. Right. It's like you're paying towards and, owning a home instead of like literally not owning anything. You put down, put enough money down, it might be cheaper to buy a house. I mean, it's really not because you got to pay for heating and, you know, the things that go with being with owning a home. Utilities constantly on the rise. I don't even, I don't even, wanna, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. John Oliver had. John Oliver actually did a segment this past week on power utility companies in America mm-hmm. and how they basically make their profit and earn it. And it kind of mimics a lot of the things we're talking about now. The weird thing about them is that they basically get a cut or a percentage every time that they build new things. From the, There's like an incentive from the government and projects. They get to charge like an extra percentage. So like they're like, oh, we got to build a new... Um, major transformer um, plant here or something, right? And they'll take like 3% or 5% of the actual costs and it's just equated as profit. It's oh, fucking course. nuts. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, it, it's it's the least surprising thing that they're just cash cows. Um, and like where those profits go, I have no clue, but... <laughs> None whatsoever. Yeah. They just make a ton of money and... You know, the, the state governments and state legislatures can't really do anything to stop them because they'll always threaten like, well, you know, you need light, right? Yeah, you exactly. Need- I think everyone is still scared of that Enron situation where Enron was intentionally like, you know, pulling on the extension cord to California and California basically recalled their governor who did nothing wrong for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um even though later it would come out that Enron was intentionally fucking with the power grid in California to make California pay more money or deregulate insane. it. It's so insane. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that I, I don't think people know enough about is how much they manipulated a lot of the power grids and the energy industry to get what they wanted. And they eventually got caught for other things, too. But it's scary that that was like the warning sign about the markets and what was to come because we're kind of living in that with a lot of other things now too. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of what like the normal day-to-day operations, like the business as usual for um, a lot of these mega corporations. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is happening. You know, this, this company has stole like $4 billion or Wells Fargo is creating fake accounts to drive their profits. And let's take it to weather. Yep, Wells Fargo. Yeah, you guys ever watch that series? Um, I think it's 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 like a mini doc series. I think it's called Greed. It's on Netflix. I've seen. I think I saw the Trump one. Yeah, like there's there's that one. Um, I really like the one that they did on Volkswagen. Yeah, where they were just basically oh, that was lying crazy. about the emissions, and then they were just like, "Fuck you, we'll wait for the fucking fines. We don't give a shit." The payday loans one was also really interesting too. That was yeah. I mean, again, these are all like, that's another one that's so fucked up because those are just pure fucking scam. And there's a shit ton of them down here, too. Like, I think it's a testament to how desperate some people can be is if they know that this is going to not be good. 
but they're also willing to to engage in it when your interest is you're going to be charged like 25% interest for the money that you withdraw from them. Well, uh, I think they did put in some regulation because of that actual that one the one guy they highlight in in that documentary, the one that they court and they impounded like all his race cars and took his house from him or whatever because like it's it's just extremely predatory um practice. Um, you're, you're better off going to a fucking loan shark. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing that guy's going to do is break your thumbs. Yeah. I mean, Hey, whatever. (laughs) He's going to let you live though. Cause he's going to want that money back eventually. True. It just goes to show though. Like how, like, cause I remember like, do you remember in 2019 when that cargo ship, um, that had, I think it was a cargo ship. Was it was carrying the cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. It was owned by JP Morgan. Drugs. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a one that was owned by J.P. Morgan Chase and had like a billion dollars in cocaine on it. Oh, no red flags there. And then like everyone just ignored totally it. cool, <laughs> totally legal. Totally that was cool. just Jamie Dimon's personal stash. He just <laughs> it's like his his coke refrigerator, right? I got to testify in front of Congress. <laughs> Bring me the ship. He's <laughs> like you. You know what's cooler than than a bag of cocaine? A ship of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> do you think he fills it with? Do you think think he fills a swimming pool with it and just like like that? Like, like he keeps swimming until your your arms go numb. Right. <laughs> that's that's an absolutely <laughs> preposterous statement that you meant that you made. <laughs> it's not the outdoor swimming pool because that would get all wet and gross. Of course, it's, it's indoor, indoor swimming pool. Of course. Pool. Yes. Oh, I thought that was implied. Come on. I mean, he, he probably actually has a house made of cocaine somewhere. I'm, I'm going to say I'm like, <laughs> it's literally made out of like they made the columns out of it. They like he, he my son's treehouse is made of yeah. <laughs> just you just see him like he's he's like up on he's up on the wall just like scraping it like catching it under his nose. Just what's that? Uh, these counters are beautiful. Wall. What is this marble? No, that's that's, amazing. Yeah. that's that's fine Colombian china right there. Um. <laughs> No, do you think you as can a kid... eat the plates if you want? To. <laughs> do you think as a kid he he like got Hansel and Gretel read to him and he was like, "I'm gonna have that one day." But Coke. Coke. <laughs> Short answer: Yes. As his au pair reads a book in his like starship bed. By the way, he's like 35 when this is happening too. <laughs> so the name of this episode will be Jamie Diamond's House of Cocaine. Yeah, we'll change the last name. We'll just put a D. Billy Crystal. <laughs> um, we'll 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 throw it back to our good buddy Andy Diamond. There, yeah, you, go. there you go. Shout out to Andy Diamond. Miss that kid. Huge fan of the pod, by the way. Huge fan. <laughs> so is Jamie Diamond, by the way. Yeah, huge, huge fan. fan. He's got huge. it on all the major streaming huge. platforms like Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio. Listens to it on Podbean. Follows us on Podbean. Billy Fusillo Uge messages me every day on our Instagram page, which is Second Mouse Podcast, and says, Dude, when can I get on and get financial advice? I'm like, I'll let you know. You know, we got Jim Kramer on the line too. Like, dude, two of them are outbidding each other. It's wild. Yeah. We, he, he was very bullish on our podcast. He was, he was telling bye, bye, bye. He was screaming. Jim, Jim Kramer is sending us like, jokes about how his wife loves double cheeseburger sandwiches the bacon yeah meanwhile <laughs> jamie diamond Wait, no, is sending us wife. cryptocurrency so how how is his wife not divorced him by now because he's rich 
I have a feeling I think she's rich too, though. Uh, fair, point. fair point. I have a feeling it's like a rear window situation where she doesn't actually exist. Maybe it's just like an inside joke, and she's actually vegan or something. You know, not. Well, I mean, it's it's because like, like all, she loves just... the baconator. She's never had one because she's vegan. I like, saw that. Su- <laughs> I saw that supercut of like him talking about it, like calling his wife like fat and shit for like loving the baconator. I'm like, how I don't does think he ever, Did he ever call? Did he ever call her fat? He for he it? kind of. I think he mimicked. He alluded to it. Yeah, yeah, he alluded to it. Like. It wasn't like directly like calling her like, and I mean maybe they have that type of relationship, and if they do, good for them. But like, I hope they do because that's an awesome type of relationship where you. Can I mean, yeah, if you make fun roast, of each other, that's a lot you of could, fun. You could be comfortable like roasting each other like on national television like that. Like it's gonna last forever. Oh, well, I was yeah. gonna say there's a difference between like poking fun at one another. There's a it's a totally other thing to go on to like television. And have all like the finance bros That's watching you saying. just troll your wife. On yeah, television. and they're not, and they're not getting the cues. They're just like, no. oh, Jim Cramer's <laughs> wife's fat. Oh. Oh. get a load of Cramer. Uh. <laughs> People are terrible. He I'm looks like he just has like a perpetual like stomach ulcer, and he's that guy who's standing he's, by the he's water. Like, I don't. Cooler. The doctors can't Hold figure it out as he's chugging coffees. Yeah. He, <laughs> he goes to a bar and he orders like a Pepto Bismol and vodka. <laughs> I just see him as the guy perpetually standing by the water cooler, like holding his hand up against his chest, like breathing heavily and just drinking a V8. Get <laughs> <laughs> so my just got back from, from Jamie Dimon's cocaine mansion. Oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> I think I'm low on electrolytes. By the um, way, Tom, thank you for having us last week at your yes. And this is the fucking thanks I get. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a blast to we, have you guys here. I got three face shields out of it, so um, it was a great time. <laughs> thank um, you. It's three. It's three more face shields than you need in life. But by the way, for those who have not have listened enough. to our most recent episode, if you have three hours and five minutes to kill, I strongly <laughs> encourage you to listen to it. Cause it's actually a banger. There is, I, yeah, it was great. There was a lot of cool conversations that we had there. It's a um, fast three hours and five minutes. It does move quick. You're right. Yeah, Philly. Philly's the man. Um, yeah. Glad. He, thank thank to him. Yeah, thank him for him coming on. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, stream his podcast as well because uh, it was uh, it was an entertaining. It was actually as much fun as it is to listen to. It was a lot of fun to like do. So it was uh, it was great. Three hours. We like, we definitely spent more than three hours though. So I'm assuming some of it was cut. Yeah. No, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. We also have uh, the lost files too from when we were just sitting on the porch just talking to. Oh, maybe God. one maybe one day those will be released. Yes. So I that mean, fr- that Friday we just we you know for anybody who doesn't know we we had a weekend in North Carolina. So we we made a decision. We we were like what do we do? Do we go hard on Friday and then see how we are on Saturday or do we take it easy on a Friday? And then, like, really kind of go all out on Saturday. And we, I think we all decided that we were going to take it easy on Friday. And that did not fucking happen at all. I like that we lie to ourselves, though, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Bars in North Carolina are very different because the, I, all of a sudden, we, you ordered six uh, Miller High Lice. And I was like, 
and it came out to like two dollars okay. a piece. And I was yeah. like, this is fucking great. Like this yeah. would have been like eight dollars on Long Island. So. For the record, though, I did not just buy six beers because I have a problem. I bought six beers because it was a very busy bar and I didn't want to wait forever for the person to come back around. Sure. So, so Tom yeah. was hammered at this point because sure. that's a that's a Tom being hammered move. That's exactly what happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a that's total <laughs> that is trademark Tom, Tom being hammered. I'm shocked that you didn't buy a hundred beers at that bar. <laughs> It's a little too much money for that. Hey, hey how hey, many Miller Heights do you have? <laughs> to Miller High Life for two dollars. Come on. I'm surprised they didn't like take them out of the cooler and then blow the dust off of them. Like, oh, people are actually buying these now. <laughs> Here you go. Well, they had them on as a special. It was a two dollar Miller High Life, and I was That's like, right. holy can, shit! Can I say that that bar was interesting just for the sheer fact that I've never seen that much talent, oh. like doing karaoke. There were they was good? A lot I don't of remember. Talent. Oh, they were really good. Oh, were they good? Okay. Like, you couldn't get up there if you didn't have at least a semblance of quality. See, I thought so you were being sarcastic that wasn't great. No, no, no. There was like I don't, one I don't person remember that wasn't all. great. Okay. So that karaoke bar, before my wife and I moved down here a couple years ago, we came down here for our birthdays, and we didn't know anything about the city of Charlotte. We didn't know where to go or what to do. We just heard that Noda was a fun place to go. We got dropped off in our Uber and we started walking around and we went there and all of a sudden this place is like it wasn't super busy at that point but there were people singing karaoke and it was funny and it was fun to be there we were there for a little bit and then we started to walk around a little bit more went to some other places that weren't super interesting and like you want to go back to that karaoke bar and we spent the entire night there last <laughs> it was so much fun there but that was the first time i had been back in like 4 years and the place was mobbed. It yeah. was awesome. That is 100% a place I like to go because, like, the drinks are cheap. Like, it's karaoke, which is insane. And and it's just it's just a good time. Like, I, yeah. I was I was shocked. Like, it, that, was a, that, was a, that was a nice, fun area you brought us to. So, um, you know, you think of North Carolina and, you know, I don't know. I just think of, like, NASCAR. What do you think? I think sitting, of farms Sitting in the cows. stands, drinking, like, big gulps <laughs> of beer. Yeah, exactly. Like huffing fucking racing fumes. That's well. There was um. There was a place that we went to a couple of days ago that was called Suffolk Punch, which is like this British pub, mm. and it was the place was slammed too. Had I known that place was like that bumping, I would have said like we should go down to Southend and just mess around down there, um, because. That night, too, we went to Old Mecklenburg Brewing, and that was fun. And then we went to a bunch of places that were, like, closing. So we had to go back to Noda. It was a really – that was the one thing about Saturday was we went to a couple places, and it was really – just the night – that night was quiet. Was, I think it was really because it rained the whole day, and it killed everybody's mood. Yeah. yeah Especially like downtown. French Quarter and, like, all those areas. I was, I was shocked when we – all of a sudden just driving, there's Carolina's – stadium just sitting there yep. yeah it just pops up on you which is kind of weird yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the panthers play right in downtown but also the charlotte knights are like two blocks down which is the minor league team and it's a really cool stadium in that it's in a bowl but also if you're sitting out in like the third baseline you have an entire view of the city mm -hmm. so it's like uptown where the Panthers stadium is and where the Knights play is a little bit, you know, it's hit or miss because it's like a corporate area. But if you go across um, the, the highway 
into South End, into Midwood Plaza, you can have a banging time down there. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday we were more reserved because I think we were just like immune to alcohol at that point. I would agree. I, I hit this point, I think it was after the second beer at the brewery mm-hmm. where mm. I was like, I'm not getting drunk anymore. It's just yeah, not it happening. It just I wasn't put, happening. I, I think from that point on, I still had another six drinks and those six drinks didn't didn't register. Might the as thing, well have been chugging water. The thing is, though, is that when that happens, you need to move to liquor. I was I was drinking liquor. I know, but you need to drink more of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just switch over. Just start drinking rat poison. It will work. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I, mean, I had a, I had a Tito's bag slapped just, to me. Just just uh, <laughs> this IV directly into your nose. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, the highlight of Saturday was that Uber drive back. Oh yes! my god, that was so much fun. That was, like, do you I, remember that guy's name? What was that Uber driver's name? I'm sure I could look it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll need you to look it man. up because if that you're guy's... in the North Carolina area, you get this guy as your Uber driver. He is the fucking shit. He was because honestly, man. like we were all kind of like feeling. I think we were all kind of like hurting pretty bad on Saturday, and that Uber drive home, like we were gut laughing. With I, this guy, I, my cheeks were hurting from from laughing so hard. You yeah, know, was like that guy fucking rolled, man. That was hysterical. Is it Devin? I yeah. uh, might have been. I think so. Yeah, because it was at uh, one fifty four a.m. <laughs> Devin, my it. man, thank Devin. you for that enjoyable car ride. Yeah, if you ever get a guy named Devin, it may not be him, but like that guy <laughs> fucking ruled, man. Dude, there's gonna be people now like getting into Ubers in North Carolina. Like, Devin, Devin, <laughs> Devin. I will say, like, and I, I think this is anywhere, but you can get into an Uber and have like the worst time of your life. Um, I mean, we would argue that the, the one on Friday was not fun. That was <laughs> torture. <laughs> not shout out to that guy. <laughs> like nice guy, seemingly, but it's just like very like boring and like. And I, I don't expect. Look, no, you're an Uber no, driver. No. Get me to A to B. You don't need to entertain That's, me or anything like that. You don't that. need to talk to me. You don't have to do right. anything if you don't want to. That's but like, cool. you do need to go the speed limit, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I or at least go over it because like driving fucking twenty miles per hour, like I felt like we were in that car for an hour. And it was yeah, like the windshield wipers going at maximum when there's no <laughs> rain out. By the way, yeah, that was an interesting one. I will say though, like you know, it was it was a hell of a time. That brewery brought us to on Friday, um, which was oh, the main robot, which was the main culprit of why I got drunk. I was like that one beer. I was just crushing them. It was uh, it was really good. Yeah, Wooden Robot is a great place to go. Um, so, oh yeah, that's right. We went to Pins Mechanical too on Saturday, which was mm-hmm. a good time. That place was a lot of fun. Which one was that? So we went to Old Mecklenburg Brewing. Um, that was the beer garden that we were at. Okay. We went, to, we went to Protagonist, and then we drove to South End where Pins is, and that was the. Um, that the was place like with the door, the game bar. Oh, the game bar. Oh, that dude. That place was fucking insane. Oh, that, that was yeah. A, that was a crazy place. How that's, how that's Long, a cool Island, place. Long Island has missed the fucking mark if they don't have a place like that here. It's weird, man. I've always wondered why there's not like barcades and stuff. Like Dave and Buster's is the only thing that we have like that here. That was it's not Dave, really the same. That was Dave and Buster's. Like, but if but Dave cool. and Buster's was cool, yeah, like, like yeah, it, and, and I can make an argument that like. They're not comparable. I'm just saying that that's the closest thing that Long Island That was a straight-up fucking nightclub with, like, 
fucking yeah. bowl, mini bowling and fucking arcade it, game. It was, I mean, it's it's built, it's laid out really fucking nice. Um, yeah. It's wide open. It's got plenty of things to do. It's probably like you're, you, you could go there and just go there every fucking night and you would enjoy yourself. It's not a place you would get tired of, you know? Yeah, I mean, we um, we went there. We went there when you guys were here, but we also went there like one of the first nice days of the year here in the spring, and the place was completely mopped. Yeah. Um, there were so many people there, and it's it's like that anytime I've ever gone there. They also have a second floor too. What? Yeah, which is, it like is a rooftop. It's a rooftop bar up there. Jesus wow, they Christ. really fucking they did that right. It was I want to too, shake the owner's hand, man. I will say, too, though, Trade it was way too fucking cold to do something like that. I like, yeah, Whoa. that's the only thing that kind of drove the the weekend down was just how inconsistent the weather was and how cold was. That Which was. Is, a, it was actually on Saturday. It was actually colder in North Carolina than it was in New York. Well, it rained the entire time we were doing the podcast. Like I would look out the window yeah. and it was pouring out. Yeah, and it was raining when we were driving down too. Yep. So. All that to be said, you guys should come back. Thanks for coming. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely come back. We'll think day. about it. I'll put it into consideration. <laughs> Especially because, like, a two-and-a-half-hour flight. Um, although the fucking North Carolina airport can suck a dick. Honestly, it's, 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 not, it's not bad to get down. Yeah, if I know I'm coming in and I'm not checking luggage. I'm like, not checking. And I just show up and just fucking rip the railings off your, your walls again. <laughs> I still haven't replaced that yet, but I need to. <laughs> did Emily? No, did Emily see it? Of course. She was like, "Hey, why is the railing weird?" And I was like, "Oh, don't worry about that." You just yelled, so, "Gato!" For anybody who doesn't know, Gato broke the fucking railing in his house. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's okay though. <laughs> now, was that when like we were growing? That was completely. That drunk? was after we soaked. Um, that's after we soaked the tampons in the one fifty one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, the very same. And, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember anything after that. You were like you. Well, you said you were like, give me three. I I, I distinctively remember you. <laughs> I mean, I usually I usually do five, but like you know, we're trying to yeah. trying to control myself. A little yeah, because because Friday was supposed to be the chill night. Yeah, right, you're trying to wind down. <laughs> but it was the dynamic of Friday was so interesting. The dynamic of Friday was so interesting though, because I am pretty sure that I got extremely hammered, and by the time we and Gato was like measured. Like Gato yeah, was, was like I was control. Cool. You were you were the sober one amongst us, and like not that sober. But we finally got back to the house, and you fucking went on another level. I I don't know if it was because we were you know we sat for like a half hour in the car, and right? And we got up and we started moving around and and being funky. The minute that the blood started moving in my body, I just got drunk. I all of a sudden I snapped out of it and you just snapped into it. Yeah, yeah it was. I just weird. needed to like get food in my system and then I right. felt normal. And right. then I feel like we were just at, we went on like a Reggie Bush Mario Williams like <laughs> projection. Like everyone bought low on like everyone said Mario Williams is not going to be any good, and <laughs> Reggie Bush is being like undervalued and he Tom, should I'm be. I'm going to I'm going to one up that and say it was a Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota situation. Ooh. 
where their careers just went in opposite directions. Exactly. It all yeah. ended. It all ended badly. Yes. Because like, nobody is good. <laughs> Mario Williams had Mario <laughs> Williams had a nice career, and Reggie Bush was uh, maybe a little too too early in his uh, time. If he was born a little bit later, he would have been a superstar. But it was a Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston situation for us, so to which none of it ended well. Yeah, that's definitely a good comparison. But I feel like once the mood shifted immediately once we got home and I got on the grill. By the way, I opened that grill like a week ago and realized that I didn't clean it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like dried like beef fat uh, all over the grill grate. And I was like, okay, cool. I fully expected this is a punishment for me. Credit to, credit to you though, Tom, because I fully expected those tur- those burgers to be like re- like raw when you pull them off. Because I'm like, this guy's hammered grilling. Like, there's no way this burger's gonna work out. <laughs> he didn't even turn on the fucking. And the they actually were. Per- they were. Per- they were. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, they're they're raw. He's like, he's like hey, you know, uh, just you flip it once, you flip it back, you never press down on them. It keeps all the juices inside of them. What's that? What's that raw raw beef dish that they they serve uh, at all the fancy restaurants? Tartar, oh, beef, uh, tartar. yeah. yeah. Well, you never had beef tartare before, assholes. Yeah. Like, and uh, tartar burger. The, the burger. Look at these yokels. Actually- <laughs> the burger was actually perfectly cooked, so credit to you, Tom. Grillmaster. What can Grill I say? <laughs> you know what? I, I I didn't have – I was pretty confident Tom could get the job done because I can't tell you the countless times in Oswego fucking Tom would be grilling like late night. Like we all fucking grilled late night, but I recall like that would be a thing that we did for a while when the, the weather was nice during like that first two weeks or the last two weeks of the year. More often than not, it was the first two weeks of the year because by the end, we were completely broke. Yes, it's true. We can't even afford fucking hot dogs. We're just living (laughs) off of fucking like selling our books back and shit. And it's just like, so do we eat or are we going to go to the bar? Like we can have popcorn at the bar. It's like we're we're like bribing people like to to bring us food from the fucking uh, dining halls at that point. Yeah, <laughs> texting people like whoever's at the dining hall, get me a turkey wrap with banana peppers. That'd be great. <laughs> Just love when when people would be like, "Oh, I'm going on a run." Like someone's gonna give me their pass, like, and then they would bring you as their guest, and you would just like fill up like and just try to take everything out in like a chafing dish with you like i remember someone was literally like they filled an entire backpack they had like bags and jars and they were like going up and getting trays and just stuffing them and i'm like that's a they probably grabbed like a month's worth i was actually pretty impressed at their organization oh yeah <laughs> I never had the know-how because I never knew when we were going to go. So I never was like, ooh, let me grab all this Tupperware. Yeah, it would just be like this last minute thing that you would be like, hey, you want to go? Fuck yeah. I haven't eaten fucking anything solid in fucking weeks. A bag, of, I would eat like a bag of Tostitos fucking like scoops and like su- like chunky medium salsa like every day. It was it, like that became my diet, my staple. How do you not have like major like gastrointestinal problems after like a month oh yeah it was bad news it was bad Um, news so tom i have a serious question yeah does does huey miss us you know (laughs) that your cat hated me so much well hated us huey hates everybody but it, it was hysterical watching q still try like we're, we're like was not an hour up. away from leaving, and he was like, "Come here, kitty, come here," and just. <sighs> Here's the thing, of- though, is that everyone thinks like, 
It's just going to be one pet before he unlocks the love and <laughs> Huey will run up to you. Like, that's not how Huey operates. Like, he hates yeah. your guts until you're gone <laughs> and then forgets who you are. <laughs> if you I'm want love win. and attention, go to the other cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, but 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 you know what though I want to win over the one that hates me though like it's yeah. just it's just the story of life. Yeah, but you're gonna have Jesus. to fucking get in line, dude, because I have so many people that come here like, oh, Huey hates me. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he hates does. your guts. Like, <laughs> he doesn't want you here. <laughs> He's like, like, get the fuck it's, out. It's like they'll, they'll warm up to me. Like, no, he won't. No, he, he won't. hates you. <laughs> He's only gonna hate you more. That's, I, I feel you're like here, and he does not like that. I feel like. <laughs> The minute he actually likes you is when you start being a dick to him. Well, it was funny though because when we were like we got back on Saturday, we were just hanging out. He started rubbing it up against my leg, it, and then I went to go pet him, and he was like, "Yeah, like, no, no, get no, away like, from me! Just, just ignore the shit out of him, <laughs> and that's how you guys can be copacetic." That yeah, was, you... that's what I realized after he nearly bit my finger off, like the first interaction. <laughs> no, see, doing this to me, Jesus. Oh. You know, it's funny. So our neighbor has rabbits, and they got loose. Oh no! And they ended up in my in in our yard. And um, you got the plant. You got the plants. You got the garden back there, dude. It was great. Honestly, I I want to start a business where you you just cage a bunch of rabbits, and then you let them eat all the weeds. They love dandelions. They love all mm. that shit. So they were our lawn sucks. So they were marching <laughs> away. For like hours. And then and then our neighbors came by. They're like, oh, thank God they didn't go far. I was like, yeah, uh, I, they did a great job on the fucking weeds. It's, like, do I owe you money? <laughs> your, your, your backyard is basically the golden corral of, of <laughs> rabbits. Yes. <laughs> I was worried with them eating so much fucking like weeds and grass that they would end up dehydrating because there wasn't like an actual thing for them to drink. And I didn't know it was their rabbits for a while, so it was like until they came by asking about them. Like, oh yeah, got you, got you. <laughs> you were just fattening them up to slaughter them, weren't you, dude? And they oh. were so chill. You could just go right up to them, pet them and stuff. But when you try to pick them up, they have—I didn't know this. Rabbits have fucking sharp claws. They do. Oh yeah, really sharp fucking claws, and yeah. sliced my whole finger open. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh man, so weird. All right, guys, so transitioning to a more serious topic, and that is the the two shootings that occurred over the weekend. One was in Buffalo, and the other one was in, was in San Diego. Yeah. Um, so know a little bit more about the one in Buffalo that had occurred uh, in full transparency. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this because it's still pretty new and it's still developing. We'll have a more in-depth response to what happened at both shootings next week when we're back on. But um, what had happened in Buffalo was there was a white supremacist and I'm going to call it what it is. There's a terrorist attack mm -hmm. um, who went to a low income area in Buffalo and opened fire in a supermarket, which is one that, predominantly serves um, black African-Americans and used a lot of the same rhetoric that about replacement theory and protecting the white race, using a lot of that language to justify his rationale. And 
Gatto, I'm going to start with you. What are your first impressions of this? I mean, it's, it's fucking, it's absolutely terrible. Um, it's really scary um, just for the sheer fact that I think our talk last week, we talked about how we thought we were fixing the problem. We were just sweeping it on the rug, right? That was Philly's uh, comment. And, and it's like, wow, that shines through so perfectly with this is that it's still here. It's still a problem. And and I feel like we've been on a backslide. We've been on a backslide with this with this whole free speech thing, right? Is and yeah, we have this problem where there's there is such things as dangerous ideas, and there's ideas that are not good for society. The yeah, problem you know- is it's a hard line to find wh- what's fair and what can be talked about. Um, but we end up with this. We're still allowing certain ideologies to crop up, and this is why the argument against things like. Um, what can be said or what's acceptable for a platform like Twitter is critical because this doesn't happen if we are we're putting safeguards in place. Yeah, and, and Gato, you make a great point because um, I think there's a, I think there's a huge difference between being allowed to say things and having it amplified by powerful people. Yeah, and you know another. you look at Elise Stefanik, uh, who is the third in line in the House GOP, basically tweeting out that Democrats are quote unquote pedo grifters. Yeah. So, you know, you're seeing the dehumanizing uh, rhetoric being used a lot. And look, I'm not going to blame this all on the GOP because this is obviously is much older than that. Even Um, this is, this is straight up racism that has existed from the beginning of time. Exactly. Um, But when, but at the same time, in a time where like, this is a moment where, I mean, we keep hoping this is not going to keep happening and it just does. You'd hope that the rhetoric would at least soften and people would understand that this is not the time. Like people like this person said it in their manifesto that they were targeting, you know, black people and they They, went to a predominantly black neighborhood. They drove. So this guy is from. Conklin, New York, which is down near Binghamton. So it's further away. It's yeah, southern really New York. Yeah. yeah. So they went. He went out of his way, far to make this point. And it's it's crazy to me that like they they don't even want to address the fact this is over race. Like they just want to call him a lone gunman, a crazy person. And it's like no, he was clearly radicalized by by the the radical right in this country. And yeah, is he crazy? I'm sure he is. But at the same time, that doesn't excuse the fact that you ultimately are the, the insane rhetoric of the right, the dehumanizing people of uh, people on the left has ultimately led us to this point. I think specifically with this case, it is he he makes connections to things that have been talked about on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like you said, this is something a tale as old as time, especially in America of racism right this is racially motivated this is all based on the on race um i i'm glad to see right now that people are like calm you let off and said this was a terrorist this was a hate crime um i'm seeing a lot of people are now they're not going with the um you know uh a strange crazy um lone gunman like they're not calling it that. They're not labeling it just like a disturbed young man again. Like Fox News calling... is. Of course they would. Of course they would. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pick it up from there. I think that 
the reason why people are hesitant to use the word terrorist attack is because there's legal implications involved in that as well, which is kind of a cop out to be totally fair in the sense that, you know, what? we can't, we this can't guy's call- gonna fucking sue somebody. Like there's like, you can't press certain charges if it's designated as a terrorist attack or um, it's, it's a harder case to prove. I, I think it's more just general apprehension to um, refer anybody with, with white skin as a terrorist. Um, and ultimately like this is, this is the convergence of a number of problems that the United States has had for a number of years. And one, it's just this, this culture that everything needs to be solved at the end of a, the business end of a rifle. Um, and then also two, this perpetuation of the replacement theory concept and that the United States is being overrun by, being overrun by immigrants and people who are not of like white descent. And I read like the first page of that manifesto and it's complete bullshit. Like referring year old idiot, referring to the United States is like white people's land. I'm like, bro, did you not follow like the New York state curriculum in eighth grade when all we talked about was like the history of New York state and to assume to have the, to have the like lack of understanding of historical context to say that this is a white person's country is like you're completely forgetting generations of Native Americans and indigenous people that were murdered, raped, their land was stolen from them, moved multiple times, starved. I, well, I mean, the, the problem with with like white supremacy is that the spotlight is always on the white. I would agree. Oh, yeah. White history. It's never talking about the components of all histories because that's why it's a, it's a supremacist view. It's a, it's a stupidly narrow view um, that is purported by the story of white greatness or whatever the fuck that means. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And the thing that makes me the most disheartened is that you go on any of the comment section of any news page Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And it's flooded with like weird conspiracy ideology that this is like a false flag operation ran by the Democrats to, you know, it's an election year. Of course, there's going to be a shooting. Like, are you guys fucking five? Like, no, this is that's that's part of like. That's part of the whole way that they operate like this is this is textbook like it's it's always deny it's always create a seed of doubt. And then you perpetuate that seed of doubt until it becomes like a truth or a belief system for anybody that might want to question it or the aims, right? It's mimics what we've seen in other times with other extremist groups. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's, I think they know full, 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 for sure that like what they're saying is bullshit. They don't believe in it. They are just using it as a cover the so real like, conspiracy is that they're doing exactly that. Exactly. They they know that it was not a conspiracy theory because like they are probably on 4chan celebrating them and calling him a hero. Like if you've ever seen the, the QAnon documentary on HBO Max, if you've not, it's really, really good. And it shows you in 4chan, like when the when the um New Zealand shooter was live streaming, they were like cheering him on and like, you know, it, it so on one hand they're doing I'm sure they're doing that, and then on the second hand, they're calling it a false flag so that they can get get themselves political cover. That's all it really is. 
and and when that happens, it just basically turns this whole thing into is this real or not? And that's the most disheartening component is that there are actual people who have survived two and a half years of COVID, a lot of racial strife that has occurred over the last two and a half years to only to be shot by some fucking nerd who read just Mein Kampf one too many times from 4chan or Akun or whatever and believes that shit and nobody had, and I put it up, this is going to sound weird. It's your fucking parents' fault. Like, you have to be involved in your child's life in one way, shape, or form. The problem is, problem is, what do the parents believe? It's funny. I mean, that um, was the same thing that happened with the Michigan high school shooter, is that their parents, his parents were like, it's not a big deal. He's did, just a kid. Did you and, see the video online about the kid that that brought a whip to a black person's home and was whipping their, like, front yard and stuff? Did not see that. So there's a video, there's a video, it's a taken with a ring camera. You can see he, I think he was going there for the daughter and it's just like little blonde kid, like little tiny kid. And he's got a huge whip and he's whipping the front yard and the parents like get the fuck off my lawn before I call. And then the key, they go to the dad's house and he's being uber aggressive and he fired a gun. Jesus. Thankfully did not hurt anybody. I think he was arrested for, um, being an asshole. Well, more than that, firing gun and yes, people. Yeah, no. But like, they're trying to tell him like your son was like. I think he also whipped their car and like left like scratches and shit. Basically, trying to be like, hey, your son was doing this, and he was like, get off my lawn. I'm gonna. Well, you so, know where he got it from. So again, yeah, I I question how much of it is that, were they radicalized by people online or were they his ideas? So like president, um, it's probably a combination of both, right? You yeah, probably. Yeah. The parents probably didn't have an understanding of what their child was viewing and reading and talking about, and they honestly probably didn't fucking care. So, two. So, there's actually a story that came out about an hour ago. Um, they're blaming it on the paranoia and isolation of COVID. But um, more to the point, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> what? What isolation? Like everybody's know, removed. Everybody's uh, all, removed every single safeguard all, on this earth. All I fucking know is that it really makes me want to work from home, shop at home. Yeah, seriously. Um, for that reason. But um, to your point, sorry for taking us off point for a second there. To your point, though, if you look at some of the pictures, he wrote into like the little grooves on his gun. Yes. Yeah. Like stuff. Yep. So that had 14, to take hours to fucking do, right? And, and I think the N word was too, as well. Yes. At the, at the, the iron site. Yep. Yeah. At the end of the barrel. Hours yeah, went right. into fucking doing this. And you're telling me a parent wasn't going to notice that? You're telling me what? They're not going to be like, oh, oh, you're just writing, you're just putting the N word on how the did, fucking scope of your fucking gun here. How, no how, did this, how did this kid get caught alive? How he just gave up. He just gave up. He had a place. He had another place he was going to go to. Didn't make it there. The the, the cops um tried to kill himself. Place. Did he try to kill himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm glad he didn't. By the way, yeah, I kind of want to. I want, I want this guy to rot. He'll be even though he'll be glorified by uh the supremacists in jail. I think he. I think if he died, he would have been even more glorified. So now he gets to go rot in a prison cell for Martyrdom, the rest of his life. Right? Because 20, 20, 23 and one, 23 and one, he gets to sit in a jail cell for 23 hours a day. I don't ever advocate or like get happy about someone going to jail, but that guy can rot as far as I'm concerned. And 
this will be the last thing I say about this, but I, I feel an incredible sadness and grief for the folks that live in that neighborhood in the sense that it's a, it's a part of the state in a, in a part of the city and a population of people that America has kind of forgotten about that are really just trying to live their lives. And that tops it before it was there. That area is a food desert. So for those who don't know what a food desert is, it is a place where you cannot buy affordable groceries or nutritional items mm. without having to travel a great distance to get it. And that grocery store was there intentionally to provide sustenance to that community. And it's now used as it, it was used as a place to kill people. And now it'll be forever known as a, a place where a lot of people died and one piece of shit is going to be glorified by a percentage of the population that believes that whatever he was, whatever he believed and whatever he wrote in that stupid fucking book report that he wrote is fact. And it'll just be a, it'll be a pox on that community forever because that's just how it goes. And I don't know, man, it's just the, the shit that people believe, like we fought a fucking war to push back on, this kind of belief that there is only one population that can live on this planet and, and exist. And now the same values that our grandparents and great grandparents fought against in world war two is now being like live streamed on a fucking gaming app. And people are like, you know, he does have a point like, fuck you. Like there's no concept of history. There's no concept of, implicate there's no concept of consequence and ultimately it's not pronouns that are fucking tearing this country apart it's stupid shit like this and the lack of understanding that it doesn't matter where you fall on the political line that shit's not okay yeah it's ignorant aggression yes the fact that the fact that like i mean they see declining birth you know they see like increasing birth rates of people of color in this country as a threat just goes to show you what their what their real mindset is. Because mm -hmm. rather than just looking at it and going, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting factoid. And then just going about your day, they see it as a challenge in which they have to do something about, which is Correct. inherently dangerous. Because even if you told me it was the opposite, like it, it, it's not it's not a matter that needs to be taken care of. It's just life, you it's know. What so, it is. Right. People don't I mean, there are people that just can't accept reality in in an actual form they have to create a fiction of narrative for their existence in in ways right you know they they need that story they need that they need to feel like the the tragic hero a lot of times yeah that's what these fucking people do they the downtrodden fucking hero like no you're not you're a fucking yeah. monster people and these are all the fucking garbage and these are all the fucking idiots who are like like fully pilled on the Punisher being like the, the hero that you should be. And it's, it's fucking, it's nuts. Like, I don't, I know that's not good radio right now, but it's just, it's, it blows my mind as somebody who invests a lot of their time in understanding like context and history that we're still like totally down with like one side of the country, basically saying that this is a fucking hoax. I mean, just, even if it's not good radio, the fact we have to have this conversation, um, I much prefer to talk about like 
the stupid stuff we did in North Carolina, you know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it needs to be said. We need to talk about this. We need to remind people why this is this is wrong and why we need to fix these problems. Essentially, stopping this radicalism that's going on um, amongst the the very conservative right, young people too, really yeah, young. But, and and that's the problem is young and fucking gullible. They're feeling like they don't have much control over their world. This is this is that outlet of control for these people. You know. What mm-hmm. I mean? So uh, I, I will say it for those who are listening and feel that they want to provide um, to those victims, there's a number of ways that they can do that. Um, if you go to feedmorewny.org, that is Feedmore Western New York, um, they are dealing, they are taking responsibility for a lot of the the food supply for the folks that live in that area. Obviously, that tops is not going to be active or open anytime soon. But um, that is a nonprofit that hopes to provide hope and a brighter future by providing nutritious food, friendship, and skills training to Western New York neighbors in need. And Lord knows that they need it right now. You can also donate to the Erie County Red Cross. And um, for those who want to help, these are the two ways you can do it. Um, Because these folks should not be forgotten about. 100%. Assholes of the week. Let's go. I'll start off. Um, we were talking about it before the show. Um, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I'm God, that's fucking sick of it. I'm fucking sick of it. And I'm tired. The, the worst thing that I'm seeing is that we're seeing the Johnny Depp stands and the Amber Heard stands who are basically just because they are either. And I think it comes down to I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know really know Amber Heard that well. Um, as far as like an actress, but it seems as though it's either you're a Johnny Depp fan or you're an anti Johnny Depp person. And like yeah. it's, it's turned into the, we're talking about a domestic abuse trial that has got turned into like the goddamn Super Bowl. Well, that's the weird thing. It's a defamation trial, but it's mostly about um, the domestic abuse right. that occurred between the two of them. Well, and yeah, it's literally become polarized to one side or another, like every other fucking thing. It's like, dude, you know I don't what? even know why the cameras are allowed in the fucking court. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's very annoying. It's very distracting, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've followed about zero about this trial. But if I had to guess, I'd guess there are two narcissists that probably were abusive towards each other. That's my best That's, guess. Yeah, they fucking deserve each other. Right. They were probably both very abusive towards each other. And they're probably both giant assholes as far as I'm concerned. So the fact that people are taking time out of their day and like, and I've seen people like selectively editing stuff to make it look like one person's more guilty than the other. And look, you might, you, maybe you believe that Johnny Depp is innocent or you believe that Amber Heard is innocent. And that's fine. But like, this is a clearly sensitive issue. And again, we're talking about domestic abuse here. And like something that we've we've promised to take more seriously as a country, and yet it gets wrapped up into you know just this type of bullshit. So as far as I'm concerned, um, if you spend your time fucking tweeting incessantly about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing in, in support of any single one of them, um, you're my asshole. Tom, got it. Oh. Um, my asshole of the week is going to be Ryan Tannehill, um, the Tanny Man. And the reason why Ryan Tannehill is my asshole of the week is because somebody asked him if he was going to 
help teach and mentor Malik Willis, who was the is it the fourth round draft pick for third, uh, late third round, late third round draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. And Ryan Tannehill and in his infinite wisdom said that he was not there to to mentor anybody or teach anybody. And for me, we've heard quarterbacks say that all the time, but ultimately it's made by quarterbacks who are more well-known and have more hardware that says they can get away with that shit. But I, I think it's a very dickish thing to say in that this is a teammate of yours and you're not going to help them at all. You're not going to provide any mentorship or any leadership coaching on your part. I just, I find it incredibly like small thing to do, especially because Ryan Tannehill has really gotten into some shitty quarterback situations coming into the league. And he probably could have had somebody do that. And I'm sure it has a lot more to do with his own vanity and his performance and being afraid that if I help this guy, he's going to beat me out of this job. My, my, the thing that I will say is that if you're teaching somebody and training somebody how to do something or you're coaching them, it also gives you the opportunity to relearn something or reacclimate yourself to that. And I think that's why he probably could take a page out of this book and maybe sit and watch film with somebody else. Um, see the football field from a different perspective and one from a different quarterback it just, again, it just sounds very small coming from a guy who has not played well over the last few years. I, I got to ask, when he came into the league, did no quarterback help him? Did did nobody help him when he came? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to do that and not think about where you were at one point, you know? So I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you both here. And I think canceled. <laughs> and I mainly don't think that it's a big deal what he said because it is actually a standard line that a lot of quarterbacks use. I and mean, again, I go back to Eli Manning. Eli Manning, when Daniel Jones was drafted sixth overall, mind you, that was a sixth overall pick, not a late third round pick. Um, he made a good point of like, I'm not paid to be the, a mentor for quarterbacks. He's like, that's not my job. My job is to prepare every week to be the starter of this team until they tell me I'm not. And he's like, it's, and I agree with, I agree with what he's saying in that, like Malik Willis should not be viewed as the future of the Titans. Right. It's because that can lead to like a Baker Mayfield situation, which you feel maybe feel entitled to a job. Um, I think it's, it's Malik Willis's job. And I have no doubt that he will do it based upon his character profile to watch Ryan Tannehill prepare as the starting quarterback every week. And, I think it will distract Ryan Tannehill if he sits there. Now, I'm not talking about answering questions, watching film with him, but if he feels like he has to like be a teacher rather than the starter, it's not gonna it's not gonna be good for anybody on that team. Especially because I think anyone would argue that Malik Willis is probably a year or two away from being like a long term starter. He's got the talent, but he needs a little bit more time. Um, and even Malik Willis said it was overblown. Um, he felt like it was overblown. Which I mean, you gotta. That's a smart move, right? Because you right. don't want to. You don't want to create some sort of drama that doesn't need to be there. He understands this first year he's going to be um, holding a clipboard and studying, and that's his primary job for the next season or two is going to be study, 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 learn, learn, learn. Right? Yeah, Mason Rudolph said the same thing when Ben Roethlisberger was like all hissy and pissy that they drafted 
him too. Um, you know, the most famous one is Aaron Rodgers, and Brett Favre was like, I'm not here to, to, to do anything with this person. And then Aaron Rodgers does the exact same thing to Jordan Love. And I think you set a precedent of that kind of language sets a precedent in the sense that it doesn't matter who's on this team. It's just all about me. And I get, I hear what you're saying about like, I do want to point out that Malik Willis said that Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill had him over for dinner and they went over and he gave him really good tips and stuff. So I, I think, I think Ryan, Tan- I don't think, oh. Ryan Tan- Oh, <laughs> you know, it could have just been like a bad moment, bad hot take type thing. I just, you know, I honestly think, and, and, and look, the, the coach, Mike Vrabel said he's a hundred percent right. It's not his job to mentor people. It's his job to go out and play football. And like, there'll come a time when Blake Willis takes the job because it's no doubt it's going to happen. Eventually. And there'll be a time when he'll be like, I'm not here to train the next guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to come a point where Malik Willis will one day say, it's not my job to mentor yeah. people. But um, no, I, but I do see what you're saying though. I think that, I think people need to really be careful on how they say that though, because you do come off sounding like a Brett Favre mm-hmm. when you say something like that. Because I, when Eli Manning said it, I was kind of like, oh wow. The, the the thing about quarterbacks too is like they their big character kind of divish mm-hmm. in the NFL, mm-hmm. and Great. and for that reason, when they say things that kind of make them more out of touch with everybody else or the team. It, it becomes very spotlight worthy, right? right? It's very, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if the people, if they put more, if he had put more context behind it um, and said like, listen, you know, it, it, he's a great kid and I hope he does well, but like, you know, I have to, I, as far as I'm the starter, I have to be the starter and I can't be, you know, spending every minute teaching. I have to be ready. I have to be ready to be on Sunday. So, and by the way, week one, New York Giants versus Tennessee Titans. So uh, that's going to be uh, an interesting one. Oh, Kind of a change from the the most usual, which in Dallas Cowboys or Washington football team or Commanders. Wait, is I'm that the one in is that is um, that the uh, is that the game in London? No, no, the Giants uh, face face off against Green Bay in London, week five. So. Check that one out. Yep. Got it. Who you got? Okay, so I got two, but um. They kind of go with what we were talking about with the shooting because one happened during the shooting, mm. um, and it kind of goes exactly with what we were talking about. Um, quoting here, uh, I love you, but I would love you more if you went out and just went berserk on the skulls of Democrats and the Marxists and the communists. Evil must be stamped out. Your boy, Ted Nugent, with those oh fucking God. lines at a How Trump is he rally. not dead yet? At a Trump rally. I don't know. His sheer madness fucking keeps him alive. <sighs> um, And so I don't think I have to explain this is exactly what we're talking about. The nudes. This is, yeah. These these are the type of people that are, are pushing the hate and the anger and the aggression. And then you have the Tucker Carlson's with their crazy intellectual theories um basically it's it's becoming a form of mind control um on on these people that are susceptible to it case in point a racist 18 year old boy but i also want to then highlight another person who kind of is doing the same fucking thing um and this one's just a little bit more funny because roger stone when he was in (laughs) south carolina uh, was quoted saying, there is a satanic portal above the White House. 
You can see it day and night. It must be closed, and it will be closed by prayer. It popped up when Joe Biden became president, and it will be closed before he leaves. In a world where there's a satanic portal ahead of the White House. That would be a great movie, though. Dude. Guys, guys, let's get writing. All right. Satanic portal above the White House. Okay. And our favorite action anti-hero has to say it today. And and oh, I, I gotta say that the, the event that opened it up was Joe Biden becoming president. Yeah. That, was, that guy here, with Jack. all of his high energy. <laughs> Listen here, Jack. I'm gonna bring back the port the, the devil portal ahead of the White House. I'm gonna bring it back. It wasn't like he was doing it when he was vice president. No, no. Yeah, it exactly. Had be, no. It had to be when he became president. I'm surprised he didn't say Obama because, like, that's usually the thing is calling him like a you know a devil or something. So I'm surprised he didn't like it. Didn't it was closed under Trump after Obama opened it, and now it's back open again. I'm surprised. He thanks, didn't go Obama. That. Yeah, thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> 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 Fucking devil portal open again again over the White House. Thanks a lot, Obama. Oh my God! Like he, he he's prayer will close it. <laughs> He's a literal fucking Bond villain. He really yes, is. He's really and and it's so funny because if you look under, I got that off Twitter, right? And you you look under that and you see some of the other stuff that he's he said. He's so hypocritical because there's like pictures of him doing all sorts of stuff that like he basically rallies against, right? Yeah. He's such a he's wait. He, so... Wait, he's a hypocrite? No way. Oh, he's a huge hypocrite. Lies, <laughs> lies. No, no chance. Oh, man. All right. Well, I will start pick of the week um, because I finally saw the fucking Northman. And by God, Robert Eggers is the fucking man. He really is. I heard it was really good. Is it on Apple TV now? Yes. I had to buy it. And I was like, it's kind of expensive. I don't give a shit. I'm buying it. And thank God I fucking did because it's fucking incredible. It really is. It was from the from the opening scenes, like I was like I bought in from immediately. Um, but it really is incredible because typical revenge stories, um, you know, in film are usually with a clear cut, this guy's good, this guy's bad. There's a lot of moral gray area in this one, which I really appreciated too. Even the quote unquote hero of the story is kind of a piece of shit. Um, so I'm I, I really appreciate it, but I mean the fucking cinematography is fucking incredible as usual. There is this is the first time he's ever used CGI apparently in a movie. Um, it was it was necessary in some areas, but I'm I'm actually I'm okay with it because like even he said like there it just it wouldn't have worked otherwise. Um, it's it, from start to finish though it's fucking incredible and it just. It's, I don't want to give really anything away. There are many components that I didn't see coming. Um, so go out. It did not do well in the box office, which fucking bums me out because um, most of his movies have cost anywhere from 10 to 15 million. This one cost 80. So they finally gave him a big budget and it did not do well. So I'm hoping that that's not going to stop them in the future because, I mean, between The Lighthouse and The Witch, he's three for three as far as I'm concerned. So um, I'm hoping they continue to let him uh, make big, big budget movies. So go out, pay for the Northmen, please. I don't think box office success is as like held in high regard as it used to, just given that most people can stream that now. Like it was only out in the movie theater for like two weeks, right? Before it went to Apple. 
that that was the troubling part. I saw when I saw a, a promotion for that it was going to be streaming. I was like, "Fuck, it's not doing well," because they won't they won't provide that option unless it's not doing well. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think I think now um, box office stuff is like because like I think with with the amount of money they, they make off of superhero movies and those like big blockbusters, they're they're willing to take a loser once in a while because like I mean, critically, it was you know it was they loved uh, it. They loved it. Um, like like every other of his movies, uh, but you know, I think sometimes it might scare off some people um, from giving a big budget because, like, I think the lighthouse only cost him like twelve million to make, which is insane to me. Um, so this was the first time. I'm hoping they don't get scared off, but like, yeah, I think you're right that I think there's less apprehension about that now. But uh, it it was fucking incredible, man. It really was. Nice, Gato. What you got? Um, I'm going to do a documentary from Netflix, uh, called our father. And, um, it follows a discovery by a woman. Oh, I heard about this. Trying to find, yeah. I, I guess, find out about her family or step siblings. Turns out that she is one of many biological children of a fertility specialist named Dr. Donald Klein. And, um, I guess there's the whole discovery and I believe there's a court case involved with it. Mm -hmm. It's intriguing. I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to watching it. Netflix puts out a lot of good documentaries. So, uh, I'm expecting he's, he's a, he's a sick fuck. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like this documentary is also kind of like a horror movie. Like they sell it as both. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of, I think he was the guy who was a very big on the Great Replacement theory, right? Like, I think that's I think that's part of his thing. Is that one of it? Okay. I think that wow. I think that was part of the You're element. Really falling into a theme this week. I think that's part of the element why he was doing it was because he's a you know white person and he was trying to like keep like an army of white babies, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading some of the headlines of articles about the movie, and it's like, Our Father is Netflix, a gruesome real-life documentary yet. Like, it's fucking poor people, man. Damn. Yeah, it's like, you might want to sit down for this one. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it's bad news, Bears. Tommy? So, well, I have a, another book for us. Um, it's called Money. Money! The True Story of a Made-Up Thing by Jacob Goldstein. Um he is the co-host of NPR's Planet Money, and I'm actually reading this in a book club that I'm in, and it's talking about how civilization has decided to move in directions of how it has currency. So um, for those who are buying gold on Fox News at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, we don't have gold as currency anymore because that shit's fucking heavy, and it's hard to carry around. Um and the first couple chapters have been really interesting, actually, because they talk about um, ancient Chinese cultures that were incredibly modern in certain standards, where there was like restaurants and stores and banks that would hold your gold for you. And paper money was just the receipts of you holding that and you could exchange it with other people. And how the society thrived and it was incredibly successful and then for some reason or another, um, society became aggressive, regressive. And they said, no, let's go back to like gold and silver as currency. And the, the economy essentially collapsed because nobody was able to move money around freely. So 
it's it's a really interesting book on how the concept of money has shaped the world and how it operates and how we value things. So give it a read. It's pretty pretty quick, really. Like I've only been reading it for a couple of days. Um and the only thing that's really stopped me is just having to do shit around the house. So um, that's my pick of the week. Again, it's Money, the True Story of a Made-Up Thing by Jacob Goldstein. Give it a read. Go to your local library and find it. So that's why you haven't fixed the railing yet. <laughs> it's a compelling read. It's a compelling read. Yeah, it is a compelling read. <laughs> Piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Well, I think that does it for us here at the Second Mouse Podcast. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Um, again, we will have more coverage and thoughts around the two shootings that are occurred over the weekend next week when there's more information to discuss. Um, for those who are trying to help, please go to, you know, um, Feed Western New York, Red Cross, anything you can do would be helpful. Um, and... Again, that concludes our episode here. You can give us a follow on all your major streaming platforms like Apple, Spotify, our iHeartRadio. Still shout out to those Apple users who are still going out there and crushing it. Um, you can also find us on Twitter too at Second Mouse Podcast or on Instagram where apparently Bo Hines, who's a Republican congressional candidate, now wants <laughs> to be friends with us. We don't know if that's a great move on his part, but we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Fuck off. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are Walmart. And then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>